but as of now, we thank God for Pastor Jason's faithfulness and uh, serving there and uh, doing the uh, ministry online for the children, and that's uh, Sunday evenings at 5.30, and so uh, you can go there and take your kids there as well and, and just have a family time of devotions together, all right? Praise God. I've been talking about this sound. There is a sound, and I want to um, go there again on today and probably maybe another week at least. And many times whenever we start a series, we, it, I know some people get series, and, and I'm not against that, that they get series and they know that, um, you know, they get those all ahead of the time and all of that, and that's wonderful. Um, but most, many times whenever I'm preaching series, it doesn't, uh, I, I get finished with a message and I realize there's more to preach and so it starts another <laughs> message and it begins another time or a series and so uh, that's where we're at with this but I feel like uh, at least today and tomorrow or excuse me next Sunday I want to talk about this sound and uh, some of what I want to share with you today uh, you have probably heard preached at some point in some time from this pulpit but how many know the word of God is good and it's alive and uh, it is powerful, and so as it comes to us, it comes to us a living word. Amen? And so I want to go to Acts chapter 1 and verse number 1. Acts 1 and verse 1. And it says, The former treaties I have made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. Somebody say began. Yes. Began to do and to teach. Until the day in which he was taken up after that he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, and to whom also he showed himself alive after his uh, passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he saith he, he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be um, baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days hence. And then in verse 8 it said, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in both Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and into the uttermost parts of the earth. And then in Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, it says the day of Pentecost fully came and they were all in one accord and in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind and filled the house where they were sitting and it appeared unto them cloven tongues of fire and it set upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Amen. The, I want to talk today about this sound. We have um, seen a lot of things happening in our country today, and we are not without something for the news to be telling us about. 
And we have heard a lot of things, and I just, this is my perspective today, that what I'm about to say, it's my perspective, and that is that war is not God's timepiece. The Middle East is not necessarily God's timepiece. Presidents and kings are not God's timepiece. The church that he empowered, that he enforced, to bring restitution to the things of the earth, I believe is the timepiece of God. He said the heavens must retain him, speaking of Jesus, until all things have been restored or restitution has taken place. And so it isn't, I understand all of the thoughts and processing, but Jesus is not going to return for his church until there has been a reemergence of his church. Amen. Heaven must retain him until the restitution of all things. Now you can read all of these novels that you want to. I'm not against them. Uh, the day after and all of the scary movies and all of that. But I just want you to understand that there is a difference between that and the Bible. <laughs> all right. And don't get those mixed up because they don't act necessarily go hand in hand. But Jesus is not coming back until the church that he left is walking in power and in authority. And until there is that church in the earth that is walking in power and authority, there will not be a restitution of all things. Now, restitution is bigger than restoration. Restitu restoration means that, that I get back what has been taken from me. But restitution means that I have, have to be compensated for the time that you ha what has been absent from my life. I have to be uh, compensated for what has been taken, plus you have to restore what has been taken. Are you with me? Amen. So if, if, if in other words, if you have stole my car then, and I get restoration then I get my car back but if you stole my car and I get restitution then I get my car back but you've got to pay me for the for the suffering for the pain for the trouble that you caused while you were out driving my car around amen the restitution of all things is when God makes the devil pay you for where you would have been if you hadn't have had to mess with him Amen. It's, it's about where you should be, but where you're not because of the enemy that you had to war and had to fight with. And as I look around, I become more convinced than ever before that there must be a reemergence. There must be a sound that returns to God's church. Amen. I know that, I mean, you know, the church needs to, to be a place where that sick folk come to and get healed. The church, the time, the church that I'm talking about is where the demon spirits are broken off of people's minds and off of their lives and they are set free by the power of a living God. 
where that you come in one way and you cha leave changed for real. Not just a hype or an emotionalism or a, a, a feeling experience that, that, that wanes before you ever finish your lunch. But I'm talking about something that shifts in your spirit and changes your life till you begin to understand there really has been a change in my life. Can anybody testify to what I'm talking about today? Amen. When the power of God comes, there's evidence that there's power because things that, were, that begin to shift that are in your life. But you see, people today are experts at not being moved about anything. It is like we are, I said to somebody this week about the, some events that were going on. It's, it is as though that our conscience has been seared with a hot iron. I don't know, I read that somewhere. It, it, is, it is in these days that we live that people, are, are, are their conscience, they don't have a conscience. They don't have feelings. They, that that we, can, we can see the pain of, of our brothers and sisters and yet never be moved. We can see the suffering and we can see even murder and we can see wars and we can see all kinds of devastation in our land and, and it never bother us, it never, it, we never change, we just keep on eating our dinner, we just keep on living our lives. We, we are not moved by uh, what we see, what we look at because our, our, we have been seared, our conscience has been seared, we have been so hardened. Amen. Amen. Been hardened to where what used to move us don't move us anymore. Where once we would feel compassion and, and we would feel uh, to, to help or to, to lend a hand or to do something, it would, it would move us. But, but now we don't have that any longer. We can, we can see the plight of mankind. We can see the hurting of humanity. And yet we never are moved. And, and, and we bring that even into the church where that the Spirit of God can be moving. The presence of God can be real. But yet we, don't, uh, we are not aware of it or we're not conscious of it or we don't respond to it, right? And so we, we have to come back to an understanding where that it's more than us just going through the feelings or going through the emotions, but we have to come to a place where that we are moved by the presence of a living God. That when God shows up, we realize it's not Uncle Jim or it's not the co-worker. It's not somebody else that has we have normalized, but this is the king of glory. This is heaven that has invaded the earth. This is the one that created the universe that has come to honor us with his presence. And, and, and I would say even that it's not a president or a king or a general, but it is the king of glory that has come to honor us with his presence and we must learn to revere and honor and respect his presence today. But you see, we have, 
we, we, I thank God for the media. I thank God for all of the ways that the, the, wor the word gets out uh, to, to the world. We have 24-hour radio, Christian radio and Christian worship and 24 hours, seven days a week, Christian uh, TV m messages and preaching and, and the gospel is going forth. But, but, but a lot of folks watch the preacher on TV and made a, a star out of him or her right and they all they see is the spiritual side but they never see the humanity side are you with me and because they see the spiritual side but don't see the humanity side then we make superstars out of them and then we if we're not careful we'll come to the local house and we'll come to the place of local worship and we'll become critical and fault finding and not enjoy the presence that is in the house amen and so we have to be careful about these things because we have, I don't know, is it a word desensitized? We are being desensitized until we don't recognize or honor the presence of God that is in the house. And so I believe the word of God is true, that, that he wants us to come together. I believe that he, he, he knew what he was saying when he said, Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as a matter of some are. But even as you see the days approaching to come into the house of the Lord and unite ourselves together... And we need to honor and respect and revere one another's giftings and talents. And, and, and thank God for our brothers and for our sisters. Because, you see, God has a special gift in every one of us. Amen. He has put it in these earthen vessels. And it just so happens that my gift is preaching. And I want to preach until the shell of unbelief has been penetrated. I want to preach until it penetrates the hardness of hearts and breaks every stronghold and everything off of a person's life so that they can respond to the power of a living Christ. We're supposed to sing with power. We're supposed to praise with power. We're supposed to preach with power. We're supposed to pray with some power because God has given us authority in the earth. Amen. You believe it? Give him some praise here today. This New Testament church was a rowdy bunch of folks. Amen. They didn't get together and mourn the death of their religious leader. They got together and celebrated the resurrection of their Savior. Amen. They didn't, they didn't just come to church every once in a while, but I believe that, that today that the, the world ought to, and, and we ought to be able to tell the difference between a funeral and a church service. Amen. We ought to be able to tell the difference. You ought not have to post a sign saying, this is a funeral today. You know by the sound, Right? That's the reason why they don't play dancing music at funerals. It's inappropriate. It's a time of mourning. It's a time of recognizing the life and celebrating the life of the person, right? But then there's a difference between that and the church service. We don't come here to mourn the death of Jesus. We come to celebrate his resurrection. 
And so there's a celebration that is going on. And so the, we are loud on purpose. They, they prayed, the Bible said, until the place was shaken. They put Paul and Silas in a prison and they worshiped until the jail began to shake and the doors began to open and everyone that was bound was set free. Their worship affected those around them. Are you hearing me? That's what, that was a natural picture of the power of strong worship. Whenever we worship God strong, our brother or our sister may have gone through a bad week. They may have gone through difficult things. They, their shout may not be so loud. Their, their praise may just be a tear streaming down their face. But we that have been in his presence today, this week, while we are rejoicing, we put forth a strong praise in into the atmosphere and as we praise him strong it strengthens my brother or my sister that has been going through a tragic situation or a difficult place in their life and they sense and feel the presence of a living God and know that he is alive even though they're going through a bad situation. Amen. And so we, we have to praise him strong. When there's strong worship in the house, there's potential for anything to happen. Amen? But we have allowed, in the, I say we, in the, we have allowed in the American church, we have become soft and we have become quiet. Amen? We, we allow anything to silence our praise. It's too hot. It's too cold. It's too loud. It's not loud enough. Huh? We got to pave the parking lots. Everything's got to be perfect. Then we walk too far. It should have saved me a parking spot up front. Right? And we allow all those things to distract us. But it, and the reality of it is, is yes, we're going to do our flat level best to, to, to do to it with excellence. Everything that we do, we're going to do our flat level best to do it with excellence. But if, if, the, if the furnace, if the air conditioners go out today, it's not going to stop me from blessing God. Amen. If, if it's too hot or too cold, if all of these things, it really doesn't really matter. Those are insignificant. They, if it's too loud or not loud enough, whatever the case is, whatever the situation is, that's just a distraction to get my mind off of the real reason that I came up in the house today. And the real reason that I came up in the house is to give my praise and honor and glory to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so I I'm going to choose to bless him no matter what. Glory to God. Amen. You see, we today we have we, the, that early church was some rowdy people. Oh, oh, when we look at Peter, he came right straight out of jail and went to the church. Amen. 
straight out of jail and went to the church. They, they some rowdy folks. They, they, didn't, they didn't go and say, well, maybe I need to go get cleaned up and maybe I need to go do this. No, he went straight from the place of opposition going through all that he was going through into the place of the Lord. Amen. You might be fighting hell all week long, but I'm going to praise God with power. I'm going to push back on what has been pushing on me. I'm going to give him the high praise so that whatever it is that is going against me is going to now feel the force that is in me that is going to be pushing back on it or that thing because that's the only way I'm going to come out and I refuse to go through another week of going through this same situation devil you may bring something up new you may bring something up different but today this thing is going to break off of my life because I'm going to give God a high praise. I'm going to give him glory and honor and glorify his name. Hallelujah. You know, it, 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 you've got to want the power of God more than you want to be comfortable. I'm going to say that again. You've got to want the power of God more than you want to be comfortable. Jesus never taught that his crucifixion was the end, but rather the beginning of a thing. The dispute is not over whether Jesus was born or not. That's a fact. The dispute is, is not about Jesus' teachings because it was recorded. There is, there is much dispute over, or not too much dispute over his miracles because his miracles were not done over in a corner somewhere where somebody didn't know what was going on. Amen. He, he healed people that the whole city knew. Blind Bartimaeus sat by the way begging. Everybody knew who blind Bart was. Huh? And whenever Jesus healed him, you can't make me believe that the whole city didn't know that Jesus had healed Bart. Amen. Jesus heals a man that was sick for 38 years, laying there at the pool of Bethesda. Everyone knew this man was crippled. Everyone knew that this man could not walk. He was this way from his birth, 38 years. And now Jesus comes and heals him. There's no way that you feed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fishes and somebody ain't talking about it. Amen. You don't walk on water and the whole town not know you've been walking on water. Amen. Everyone knew Lazarus is dead. They done been to his funeral. Right? There was no dispute about his crucifixion. Everyone watched it happen. Here's where the problem is. Jesus makes this outrageous statement, this outrageous claim. Jesus said, what, what you have been doing is you have been looking at eternity from the outside in, but let me tell you about eternity from the inside out. Amen. And he starts talking things like they're talking about Abraham. <laughs> Abraham, 
the father of faith. And, and Jesus, 31 years old, says before Abraham was, I am. They're talking about Satan. And Jesus says to them, I was there the day that Father God kicked him out of heaven. Huh? They started talking about heaven and he said, in my father's house there are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare. And he's talking about it from the inside out. And, and they, get, they start looking at him like a wonky. And, and they say, what's going on here? Because how in the world could you be before Abraham? And how could you be in heaven? How could you know that, 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 that there's mansions in heaven? And how, how could you know all of these things? Because he knew it from the inside out and not the outside in. And the most outrageous claim was that his blood would cleanse humanity of their sins and that he would have the power to forgive whoever would call upon the name of the Lord to be saved. Amen. If you, if you believe upon him, you can say, I believe in him and be delivered from the penalty of sin. I'm being delivered from the power of sin and I will be delivered from the very presence of sin. How is that? Because I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. And I know today that I'm saved. I know today that just I'm just as sure for heaven as if I were already there. Why? Because the blood has been applied to my life and he has given me power over sin, sickness, disease, and the devil. And I'm happy about it, aren't you? Come on and give him praise today. So what is his proof to back up these things? He tells them, he says, if my teaching is enough and my miracles aren't enough, then he said, I'm going to tell you one more thing. And if it doesn't happen, then I'm not the son of God. If this one thing doesn't happen, then you need to go back living the life you were living before you believed because I'm a false prophet. I'm going to hinge everything I've done and everything that I've taught on this one thing. They're going to nail me to a cross. They're going to crucify me. And on three days, I'm going to get up out of the grave. And he said, if I don't get up out of the grave, then go back to whatever you've been doing. Amen. Because if, you, they, if I tarry, he said, and they, they tear this temple down in three days, I will rebuild it. I will come back again. For three days, he walked into the heart of Abraham's bosom. He preached himself to the, to the Old Testament saints, and he told them about himself. Amen. He snatches the keys of death, hell, and the grave out of the hand of the enemy. Amen. And he gives him resurrection power. Amen. And he said, until people who are dead and their sins are walking and their trespasses are now 
alive and they're walking in the city again. And now he says, look, Jesus was walking the earth again. He is victorious over death, hell, and the grave. He has the keys in his hand and he is victorious. But he said, I'm not about to just slip out of here and ascend back to heaven because there's going to come a day when they're going to say, I never died. There's going to come a day when they're said, I didn't come back to life. So I'm going to hang out here for 40 days. I'm going to walk around and I'm, I'm going to show infallible proofs. I'm going to let them know that I am victorious even over death. Amen. And he walks the road of Emmaus. He said, I'm going to walk into the room where the apostles are and I'm not even going to use a door. And for 40 days, Jesus walks around showing infallible proofs and working miracles. And he said, I'm not going to leave here until everybody knows I was dead, but now I'm alive again. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, that's power. I said, that's power. He has power over all the powers of the enemy. Amen. But what he was not going to do is not just let it end there. It, his resurrection was not the end of the church. It was the birth of the church. Amen. And now it is the beginning of all things. He said that this is what he began to do and to teach. So what is he doing? He is preparing us. And until he was ready to be taken up, he gathered his apostles together and he said, I'm ready to be taken up and I'm ready to take you to the next level. Amen. I'm getting ready to go to heaven, but I'm going to allow heaven to come into the earth. And because when I get to where I'm going, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit back to you and everything that you've seen me do, I'm going to deputize you. I'm going to authorize you. I'm going to give you the power to do everything that you've been seeing me do. Hallelujah. It's the power of the Holy Spirit living in our lives today that gives us the authority that Jesus operated in. Glory to God. Amen. The power that I operate in, he says to them, you will operate in. Amen. And so we're going to mess the devil's kingdom up. Because then the enemy only had one Jesus to deal with, one Jesus filled with the Holy Spirit to deal with, and he could, he could go to wherever he went, but he could not stop him. But he said, it's necessary that I go to the Father so that he can send the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, the Paraclete, the one just like me. Because he said, I'm only able to be in one place at one time. But the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he will be in all places. He will be in you. He will dwell in you. And so now, instead of there being a one Jesus that the enemy is worried about, now at the birth of Pentecost the release of the Holy Spirit he sends the comforter he sends the paraclete he sends the power to for us to do signs wonders and miracles he sends the power for us to live a victorious life he sends us the power the greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world he sends that one that will strengthen you and sustain you and empower you to the day of redemption praise 
Praise God. I want to tell you today that the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us and has given us the same power that lived in Jesus now lives on the inside of you and I. Amen. That Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of you, you can drive demons out. Amen. You can speak life and victory. Amen. You can heal the sick. You can cast out devils. Jesus started it. He began it. But now it's up to you and I to do it. Amen. After that, you shall receive power. After that, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. After that, you shall cast out devils in my name. Oh, you don't think there's devils. Just turn your TV on. Amen. Somebody called me this, this past week and they, they said, uh, they said to me, they said, what, what is this Antichrist? And I said, well, the Antichrist spirit is already, it's already here. They wanted to get into some theology, theological debate and all of that, but I wasn't going there. I just said this, this, this Antichrist spirit is already among us. It's been here for a long time, but now it's getting so strong that, that it's showing its head everywhere, even in the day. Even in the day, even in time, we're seeing it everywhere that we look. We're seeing anti-Christ. Amen. It's emerging, it's here, and it's just a sign of the end times. Right? But we don't have to be alarmed or be fearful because we have already been given power over the powers of the enemy. Amen. What we need is boldness to speak to that Antichrist voice and tell it it's coming down. Amen. God didn't leave us orphans, He didn't leave us powerless. Amen. What we see in the book of Acts is a church that is in infant seed form. Nothing starts with fire in God, nothing starts with fire and ends in smoke. Everything begins in a garden and ends in a city. <laughs> Everything goes and it starts in a seed and ends in a harvest. Let me say it this way, the latter house shall be greater than the former house. Amen, the latter of a thing is always greater than the beginning of a thing. He starts with one son and ends a generation of sons. The latter house is greater than the former house. The book of Acts is the church in seed form. And you and I are living in a day when we are to bring in the harvest. And we're going to need that same power that they sowed in. We're going to need that same power to harvest in. Amen. Because you see, that power will help us and sustain us. Without carpet and pews, without AC and heat, without a PA system, they would 
could walk into a city and turn the city upside down with pure power. Amen. Power until the shadow would heal the folks that were sitting on the sidewalk. Power to preach one message and a whole city would be shaken and shifted by the power of God. You can't have that kind of power as long as church is a hobby to you. As long as serving God is a hobby, you can't have that kind of power. But we've got to be sold out. We've got to be convinced that we don't have a plan B. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will glorify God. There is nothing else in my life that takes precedence or priority. Yes, I have a life, but He is my life, and in Him will I live and move and have my very being. He is the substance and the source. He's the epicenter of everything that I do, and whenever He becomes everything and all to us, then the power of God will be revealed in us, and He will show us His glory. Amen. You can't just come when you feel like it. Can't just pray when you need something. Amen. We're raising up a generation that's biblically illiterate. You talk about Moses to this generation and they'll think it's a basketball player. Amen. People know, and I'm not against sports. I mean, no, I'm not against sports. But people know more about who recruited who than they do about the Word of God. We can tell you more about desperate housewives than we can the house of God. Huh? I know I'm a boring person. You can just ask my wife. I admire these people that you can talk to them in in any conversation you want to bring up and they can can relate to it. They can talk about it uh, um, with wisdom and and, and great detail and 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 that's cool and that, that but that ain't me <laughs> amen that ain't me but I am on an assignment amen and I'm not against all of those things be round rounded be be, be versatile be, be all of those things but put him first Put him, prioritize him as the most important thing in your life, in my life. Amen? Because whenever we experience his power and put him first, we, we, when we step into the room, I want, when I step into a room, I want the atmosphere to change. Amen? When I step into a room and there's demonic spirits there, I want them to look for a place to get out. Amen. You say, well, that cannot really happen. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Amen. 
One great man of God, he, he isn't so much known here in America as he was around the world. He spent most of his life in, in uh, preaching around the world. But in one of his stories, his, his documentaries and telling about his life, he, he talks about being in a, in a country and it was very demonic and very oppressed. And he is laying in his room one night and he, he is sleeping and he feels a shaking and a vibrating and his bed is shaking out into the room and he wakes him up and he looks around and he looks at the bottom of his bed and he says it was the devil. And he said, oh, it's just you. And laid back down. But he said, then I thought about it. And he said, I told him, he said, wait a minute, come back here. He said, put this bed back where it was. Amen. I don't go looking for boogers behind every bush. But whenever you find them, you need to have the power to cast them out. I'm not afraid of the enemy. I'm not afraid of his tactics. And I'm not afraid of what is going on in our nation today and around this world. Because I know the greater power lives on the inside of you and I. Amen. And we have the power today. We have the power today. To lay hands on the sick and see them recover. God forbid, but if you're in the hospital and I come to your hospital, I'm not coming to try to cheer you up and make you feel better. I'm coming to raise you up. I'm coming to pray a prayer of faith. And when I walk into that hospital room, I'm ex fully expecting the, to, for the presence of God to be tangible in that room and for something to happen. I love you and I like to have fellowship, but I don't like having fellowship in the hospital, all right? I'm not, I'm not coming there to have fellowship. I'm coming there believing God to do a thing in your life, amen? And I'm, I'm saying that because I believe that we have the power to heal the sick. I believe that we have the power to, to bring restoration to all things, restitution to all things. We have the power and you have the power. You as a believer, a spirit-filled believer, have the power to walk into your office and change the atmosphere. You have the power to go home and things not be the same. You have the power, amen, and as long as you have a voice, you can lift up your voice and give God praise and see a shift and a change go on in your life. Amen. And I want us to understand that we didn't come here in, to entertain ourselves, but we came here today to put our foot down as the embassy of the kingdom of God, be enforcers of the restitution of all things in the earth and tell the enemy that we're not about to sashay out of here quietly. We're not going in no secret rapture we're not going and, and, and shying away but we're going to stay right here and we're going to declare kingdom of God come and will of God be done in the earth as it is in the heavens and we're going to declare that our sons and daughters shall be saved we're going to declare that you're not going to have control over our economy we're going to declare every mother and every father shall be saved they're going 
going to turn loose every bound and every abused person and they're going to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit that's going to transform and change their lives. I'm thankful for my heritage. I'm thankful for where we have been. But I'm telling you, I'm so excited about where the church is about to go because there's a promise over God's church. There's a word over his kingdom. It's an unshakable kingdom. And let the economy go flat. Let all the viruses come that want to come. But I'm telling you today that there is a power that is greater than all the powers of the enemy. The economy can fail. The political system can go down the tubes. But the kingdom of God will stand strong. And he will prevail. Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. Amen. In these last days, perilous times will come. Huh? Maybe I'll talk about that next week. Amen. But why do we worry? Why do we fret? His eye is on the sparrow. And he's always watching you. <laughs> the songwriter said, I sing because I'm happy. Huh? Y'all didn't think I knew that song, did you? I don't know at all, so I'll quit right there. <laughs> but he's watching over us. He's caring for us. Amen. And this is what I want to say to you today in closing this morning. Yes, there's a concern. But we, the people of God that have a sound inside of us that resonates as the power of the Holy Spirit should not be acting as the world is acting. We don't have a fear. We don't have a worry. We don't have a fret. We are not filled with anxiety turmoil and we're not going to let this bitter spirit huh this angry spirit we're not going to let it infiltrate into the church into our hearts remember last week I told you what did I tell you that he comes to divide us how does he come to divide us by distracting us and if he can distract us then he can divide us but I refuse to allow any bitter spirit to get in my heart or in the body of Christ because of what the enemy has brought. These, these are just the beginnings of sorrow, my brother and sister. Hate to tell you that. These are the beginning of sorrows. I don't want to sound insensitive, but if we are running so scared of a virus that has a 99.6% survival rate, what in the world are we going to do when a real virus in this last day shows up? We'll be lining up quicker than anybody to get the mark of the beast. The devil is a liar. 
I said the devil is a liar. I know that we need to take precautions. I know that all of these things are real. I'm not saying and denying them. But what I am telling you today is, my brothers and sisters, don't fear like the world is fearing. The greater one lives on the inside of you. Glory to God. Amen. The greater one does. And so, and, and, and I told you last week, and I'm about finished. I am. But I don't even feel qualified to talk about this racist, demonic spirit that is being unleashed upon our nation. But I will tell you this, it's from the pits of hell. And it comes to divide us. Bring us division. And I, and I even, I've talked to pastors this week that are having to deal with, and thank God, you know, we're not... I'm not as as far as I know it's not in this house and I'm not dealing with it here and I thank God for that but I've talked to pastors this week and he's they're having to deal with their their churches being divided over this demonic spirit that is coming into our nation God help us we need the power I said we need the power we need the power of the Holy Spirit living in our lives. It's more than just a Pentecost Sunday thing. It's a, it's a lifestyle of His power and His presence living in us so that we are wise as serpents and harmless as doves. So that we recognize the, the plight and the, and the hurt of humanity and, and, we, and, and we mourn with those who mourn, but we rejoice with those who rejoice and we don't allow the things of this world to divide us. Amen. I want his power every day. I want it to live in his presence. Don't you? Let's stand today, if you would, please. I don't know. I was getting ready to preach what I think I'll preach next week, but today and but the Lord just put this in my heart to, to I needed to say this again today I needed to release this sound today just remind us of who we are amen I don't know how you want to respond to that today it may be worshiping right where you are it may be coming here around this altar and responding to a yes in your heart and put a yes on your altar whatever it is Maybe you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you want to receive that precious gift in your life. Amen. I'll, I'll come into agreement with you today. It's no better time than now. Amen. Just to receive what God has for us. This is one thing I know. The devil is real. He's running to and fro seeking whom he may devour. That tells me that it's up to me if I'm able to be devoured or not. Because he's saying some people won't be able to be devoured. The only way that we're not going to be devoured is for the presence of the power of God to live on the inside of us. And when he comes, he feels, sees a greater force in us that he can bring against us.
So just respond to him today. If you haven't received the precious gift of the Holy Spirit, maybe somebody here today hasn't received Christ. The greatest step you'll ever take in your life is accepting him as your Lord and your Savior. Putting him first priority in your life and letting him transform everything in your life today. Amen. Whatever that response may be, amen, I know he'll meet you here and I want to pray with you. Amen. As Amy sings today and the team leads us, this altar is open to you this morning.